you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f- best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for the night, Nick, as the Thunder lose to the Rockets by a final score of 112-106. to We are proudly a part of the Blue Bear Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com, and if you don't already... Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Catch us on socials. We are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, lucky enough tonight to cover maybe the worst loss of the season. i probably put it second behind. Uh, I think it was a Spurs game earlier this year that was pretty rough. So let's talk draft picks. Not really. Uh, but if you are interested in the draft, Taylor and I are doing a twice-a-month draft show. Um this is one of those weird seasons where uh, the Thunder are actually good enough to compete in February. This time last year, we were talking some draft at this time on our regular postgame pods and our regular Sunday pods. Um, not quite to that point yet this season, especially given Oklahoma City is still, even after tonight's loss and people are a bit um, discouraged, definitely still in the play-in picture. Um, anything can happen. Um, not talking draft picks yet, but if you are interested in that kind of content, we do have two shows coming out every month that'll probably pick up closer to the draft as we cover those prospects on regular pods and Taylor and I increase that a bit. But if there's anybody you want to talk about on the draft prospect side of things, let us know. We'll talk about those guys. I think our, actually, I think tomorrow night is our second draft show. So anybody you want to hear about, let us know. Taylor and I will talk about them. But we are going to talk about the game tonight. Um, again, Thunderfall to the Rockets. Not a pretty game. Uh, really start to finish. It was pretty bad. Um, my biggest takeaway from the start was the Thunder just didn't look hungry. Um, this is a team where the Thunder culture generally helps the Thunder be competitive almost every single night. Regardless of talent, regardless of who's, who's injured. Um, this season this team has been good enough to make things interesting and or win games. Like there's been games this season when Shea has not played the Thunder have still beat teams that they shouldn't have based on talent, um, based on experience. And they, and they do tonight. They just didn't look like the team that was here to win the game. Like the Rockets were the more hungry team, the more aggressive team, the more physical team, all the things that you can control, like on any given night, 
the Thunder cannot control who has more talent. They cannot control if shots go in. They cannot control if one of the players they're going up against has just a crazy night. What they can control is the things I just mentioned, the effort, the intensity, the aggressiveness. Um, and they just, frankly, didn't have that tonight, which is, which is rare for this team. And to be clear, it's not a concerning sign. This is the youngest roster in the NBA, second youngest in history, behind last year's Thunder team. It's an 82-game season. It happens. Like, in an 82-game season, these things happen. Um, it's been interesting to see Thunder Twitter and some of our Twitter questions, some of our comments uh, tonight even on the perception of the team. Like, just a few days ago on our Sunday pod, the Thunder were one game away from 500 with the Warriors and then back-to-back Rockets games coming up. And people are talking, you know, maybe making a, a, a real playoff spot, not even the play and like being a six seed. Um, fans were excited. They were talking about all the things that Thunder could do. They've taken the step forward. And then two games later, after a loss to the Warriors and a bad loss tonight, <laughs> it's funny, DMs and Twitter replies are filled in with um, horrible loss. This team sucks. You foam while it lasted. Uh, let's start talking draft. Tank for Wimby. I get it. Like it was a really bad loss. But recency bias is a real thing. Don't let this game make you think this team is not solid because they are. And and to be fair, Rockets game aside, like, could this team make the playoffs? Maybe, maybe not. Like, we don't know. Lots going to happen at the deadline. Um, Not Thunder specific, but there's going to be a lot of teams that are kind of in that weird aggregation in the West um, that are going to make moves as buyers or sellers that are naturally going to affect the Thunder, even if they do nothing at the deadline. So, don't take this game too seriously. Again, it was not a good showing by Oklahoma City, but it should not affect your outlook on the season overall over 82 games. Like there's 81 other games outside of this one. You'll take the larger sample. Even at this point, this is the 51st game in the season. If you look at tonight's game, you look at the other 50 games. Take the 50 game sample set. This team is halfway decent and they're still the youngest team in the league. Don't take this one game as season's over, foam while it lasted, um, time to tank because they're not going to do that. Like there's no way to tank. There's no way you go to Shea and say, hey, it's time to sit out. Like we're going to go for a top pick. Doesn't happen that way. If real injuries happen, sure. But this team has no real levers to pull this season. Like they don't have um, 10-day contracts to pull guys up on hardship deals during COVID outbreaks. They don't have... um, a bunch of two-way guys to bring in and just like tank the season out. It didn't happen that way. And with this fully healthy roster, and it's not fully healthy even today, like JRE would have been huge tonight. Poku would have been huge tonight, but the core and even Dort, the core pieces would have been big. Um, But even the roster as thrown out there tonight should have won. It's one game. Like let's, let's not overreact to that. Um, On the, on the flip side of that, there's something about this Rockets team. And I think it's that hunger um, that every time Oklahoma City plays them, at least recently, they've been outplayed. They've played the Rockets twice this year, including tonight, have lost both. They lost both of the contests to finish last year. Um, so this is the fourth Rockets win in a row over Oklahoma City. Um, people are saying, are the Rockets the Thunder's kryptonite? I don't think so. I just think this this Rockets team comes out and something about playing the Thunder, they get up and they go. Like They didn't have Jalen Green. They didn't have KPJ. Um, they didn't have Jabari Smith for the, the latter half of this game. Not that Jabari was great when he did play. Um, it's kind of invisible, to be honest. Like he made a few shots early and then you kind of forgot he was out there. 
think he's going to have an awesome career still. That's not me saying that he's a bust by any means. Um, but the the Rockets were just as shorthanded as Oklahoma City was, if not worse. They just come to play, and the guys they put on the floor tonight, most notably Tari Eason, wanted it more, and they got it. They went out there. They got a win. Um, second row for the Rockets. They're now tied with the Pistons in the win column. Um, I'm a Rockets fan. I probably wish that was a loss. Victor Wimanyama would turn this team around significantly. They need that. I don't think James Harden's the guy that comes in this summer and turns this team around, given they're the worst defense in the league. You bring in James Harden, your defense isn't getting any better. Um, this team needs a lot more than James Harden to be competitive. That has direct influence on Oklahoma City, given they own Houston's um, first-round pick next year. It is protected, but um, if you're a Thunder fan, like you you don't want Wimby to go to Houston. Um, you want him probably to go to Eastern Conference, like the Pistons, the Hornets. Much better scenario. If you really think he's going to be a generational talent, you don't want him in the West. Uh, especially on a rebuilding team like the Rockets that do have the talent. They just need like the guy to put him over the edge. Um, It's an interesting, it's an interesting dilemma and and kind of situation with like the Rockets and the Clippers and all these teams that the Thunder have um, interest in, whether it's through draft capital or through um, future conference play, that there is a lot of implications and a lot of dominoes that will fall different directions over the next few years that will actually impact Oklahoma city's ability to win a championship four five, six years from now. Um, so again, second big takeaway, the rocket show up when they play the thunder and it's, it's evident like last season, I think it was the one of the first games of the year, the rockets won by like 25 or 30 um, something about the thunder, the rockets get up and they play and the thunder do the opposite. They just don't show up. Um, next thing I want to talk about is confident Trey man. He has been really up and down this season. I don't think he's a guy that anybody should give up on yet. Um, actually, not even should. Nobody nobody has any reason to give up on him yet. Um, he's in his second year. He's shown really, really high flashes, even as a, a rookie. Went into Madison Square Garden, has a 30-point game. When he's hot, he's hot. When he's cold, he's cold. He's that kind of player. I think you have to, to align those expectations to the fact that Trey man will probably never be a guy that just like, like a Shea every night goes out there and gets you what you expect. He's the kind of guy that maybe he averages 12 and it's not because he scores 12 every night. It's because he scores 22 one night and he scores 10 the next. Um, He's a hot and cold guy. He's a bench spark plug tonight. He was confident, took a lot of shots, but he also knocked down some pretty big ones. And we'll get into that when we talk about the ups and downs of the game and, and some of the, the shots that push things different directions, but Trey man, at least tonight was confident and hasn't been the case for a good part of the season. Like he goes out there and he passes up shots that you wanted to take. If he's going to be a bucket getter, you got to take those shots. Um, fourth takeaway. We talked about this a little bit uh, already, but realigning expectations. The last two years, Thunder fans have been pretty um, lenient on what's been going on with the team in terms of win losses, probably because there was a clear path to getting a top pick. This season's a bit different given they're entering tonight, two games below 550 games in. And there's just like a lot of anger in the DMS and the comments, like just pissed off. This team didn't show up tonight, pissed off that this team's not going to make the playoffs. Just realign expectations. They are better than expected. 
Um, a lot of their talents developing much quicker than expected. Shea is reaching a point this season that many across the league, like national media and coaches and scouts, never thought Shea would hit in his entire career. And he's doing it this early in his max contract. So a lot of reason to be excited about this team moving forward. Don't be discouraged or angry that they're not like three games above 500 right now because they're not supposed to be right. Like let them play the season out. If they end up playing well and make the play in great, they're going to get experience. They're going to have confidence. They're going to go the next year with momentum. They're going to get national TV games. They're going to get hype. Like they're going to be a team. Everyone's talking about bringing back Chet, bringing back a late lottery pick. Um, They're going to be a team with a lot of hype surrounding them on the flip side. If they played out and tonight, the team we saw tonight is what we see the rest of the way, they're going to get a top pick. And they're going to be pretty dang good next year anyways. Because we've seen the ceiling of this team as currently constructed this year, which is not the ceiling next year or the year after. This thing's going to be higher. So just align expectations. Enjoy the ride. Don't be angry when they lose games. Don't be overjoyous uh, when they win games. Because... At this point, like it's a luxury to just write it out. There's some teams right now frantically freaking out, trying to figure out how to make their roster better and make the playoffs. You've got the Lakers, you got the Blazers. On the flip side, you've got the Toronto Raptors that have all this talent on paper that should be really good, and they're not. And they're freaking out, figuring out how to, who, who do we sell? Who do we keep? How do we salvage this roster and not just completely bottom out? The Thunder are in this really awesome middle ground where they don't have to worry about anything. They're going to play out the season and if it's good, if it's bad, there's pros both ways. Make the plan, make the playoffs. Awesome. You don't, you get a better pick. So just enjoy the ride. I'm serious because the Thunder will be a contending team before you know it. And there will actually be games of consequence where if you're a fan of the Thunder, you'll have reason to be pissed when they lose a game like this because there'll be a team that should be fighting for a top four playoff spot. And at this point in the season, it's like all going in for home court advantage. That's not this team. So don't freak out about it. It's going to be okay. Um, side note, Andre Robertson signs with the Oklahoma City Blue. Um, if there's one positive thing tonight to remember, um, no clue what that means for his future. Um, he's been practicing with the Blue for a few weeks now. Um, I kind of thought he was going to be moving into a coaching position in the future. And that was kind of his way to get ingrained with the G league system. And then he ends up signing with the team. Um, he's supposed to play in the, the blues next game in Austin. I don't think this is like a move that he ended up playing on the thunder this season. I mean, crazier things have happened. I don't think that's the case. I don't think anybody knows the, the, the real plan with him. Like we haven't heard from, um, the G league coaching staff or heard from anybody else about that, that I'm aware of at least, um, but kind of a cool thing. Like Dre was peak, awesome defender when he went down with that injury and the thunder were playing so, so, so well on that mellow PG Russ team. And obviously hasn't been himself since he's been out of the league for a few years now. He's 31, hadn't played real meaningful basketball on a consistent basis in like five or six years, but he's back in the Oklahoma city system. Pretty cool stuff. Um, will be a fun kind of side story to monitor and a, a reason to watch the blue moving forward. Um, okay, I'm 15 minutes in. Haven't even gotten to the flow of the game yet, so let me fly through this real quick. Um, I mean, really from the jump, the Rockets dominated early. Eason and and Shingun just came out and kind of threw a first punch and said, hey, we're 
we're bigger, we're stronger than you in the front court, and um, we're going to dominate. And they did. Rockets led by as many as 12 in the first quarter. Um, at the end of the first, the Rockets had double the rebounds as a Thunder, more than double the points in the paint. Uh, J-Dub and, and Shea had nine, or eight, J-Dub had eight, Shea had nine points in the first, but the Rockets were up 34-25 at the end of one. Early in the second, Thunder pulled within four. Trey Mann um, has a nice three to pull within one. He had actually three three-pointers in the first seven minutes of this game. And then uh, it was back to an eight-point deficit pretty quickly. About four minutes left in the second quarter. They even, uh, the Rockets pushed their lead to 10. And at halftime, it was ultimately a nine-point lead by Houston. Again, Thunder got outworked. Um, loose balls, rebounds, energy, effort, like, all that was in the Rockets' favor. And that's the side that doesn't show up on the box score. The rebounds do, but and loose balls do too as well. But like the energy and the effort, it doesn't show up in the box score. If you didn't watch the game, Houston dominated both those things. Then on the flip side too, like even outside of that, the Thunder shot 37% from the floor in the first half. I don't care who you play. If it's the worst team in the league in the Rockets and you shoot 37% from the floor, you're down nine and a half. If you do that against a team like the Grizzlies, you're down 29 and a half. So count your blessings. Doesn't matter how you play. If you shoot that poorly from the floor, whether you're getting out rebounded, out hustled or not, it's not going to be a good result. Second half, third quarter thunder. Uh, they're the best third quarter team in the league. SGA is the top third quarter score in the NBA as well. They came out aggressive um, and really chipped away early in the third. They had a 14 to four start to the third quarter. And it was essentially a tie game or within a point or two within a few minutes in that third quarter. Um, Isaiah Joe hit a three to go up 77-75. And then there's an 11-point swing. Um, or that, that was part of an 11-point swing, rather, to go up to entering the fourth quarter. Um, it could have been more. Like, the Thunder honestly could have been up 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 points. Like, the momentum they had in the second half of that, of that third quarter, they could have been up by a lot. But you'll take being up two especially given the fact that you were down nine at half. So 11 point swing in the, in the uh, third quarter specifically um, fourth quarter started out great as well. Trey man hits his fourth triple of the night from the corner to kick off the quarter. Um, but then from there, the Rockets just like had this counter punch and ran away. Um, and when I say run away, it wasn't like they ran away and the game was out of touch. Um, but the thunder just like couldn't figure out a way to claw back in uh, after that Trey man three, Back to back triples by the Rockets. Uh, they extend their lead to four with nine minutes left. And then from there, it was just like second chance point, check it, second chance points and hustle play like Tara Eason. Go look at the box score for tonight's game, like the play by play. He had like five offensive rebounds on one play that ultimately ended in the and one layup. It was like layup, miss, tip, miss, tip, miss, tip, miss, tip, miss, got the rebound, went back up, and one make. Um, while if you look at his box score tonight, he ended up with like, I don't know, I got to pull up in front of me, something crazy, like 13 offensive rebounds, 12 offensive rebounds. Half of them on that play, like props to him. I don't care how you get how you get 12 offensive rebounds, impressive stuff, but literally half were on one play. And that's like the, the story of the night with Oklahoma City. Outworked. Like Tari Eason, strong, physical dude, especially for a rookie. But he's not this big. He's not, he's not Boban. Like he's not this huge guy who can't get a board over um, just outworking dudes. And that was the story of the end of the fourth quarter. Um, those kind of plays like the thunder would, would get back in to the game by one or two points. And then there'd be some 
hustle play or or turnover by the Thunder, some bonehead mistake, and they could just never get back into it. Um, the Rockets had like a 9-3 run late in the game to go up seven. It was over from there. Thunder, again, lose by a final score of 112-106. to 106. Go through the box score here. Uh, start with the Thunder. Shea, really down night, honestly, um, from an efficiency standpoint, for sure. He went 7 of 23 from the floor for 24 points. Um, 10 of 10 from the line, which is great. It's one of those kind of James Harden lines where take the free throws away. It's a really bad night. Like no free throws. He would have been seven to 23 for 14 points. So free throws saved him a bit from a point standpoint, but still pretty bad from an efficiency standpoint. He just didn't look like himself, honestly, tonight, Josh Giddy, uh, 20 points, uh, eight rebounds, eight assists. Pretty solid. Uh, Kenrich Williams off the bench, 13 points. He had a tough task tonight. Like he was, he was guarding some guys that were a lot bigger than him, and I would say a lot stronger. But like Kenny's got this weird strength that he's not this like stacked bodybuilder looking guy, but like he's got this. He's, he's a strong dude, like very underrated strong. Um, really, really solid game from tonight. He was one of five from three, but was fifty percent from the floor. Pulled down six rebounds, two assists, three steals. Just good stuff from him. And then Trey Mann, like I mentioned. Um, confident tonight, 18 points, 50% from the floor. Um, I think it was six of 12 from the floor. Uh, and then he, um, again, finished with 18 points. So just solid night from him overall. Uh, not really much more you can ask for from Trey man, given the way he's played of late. Um, that's, that's really probably the best game he's had in, in quite some time. Um, Rocket side, I'll skip over that. I, I've touched on some of the the primary players on on that side of the house um, throughout the game. I'm going to go through some Twitter questions and then questions in the chat if we have any here. Uh, starting with, I've already answered some of this. Do we need to reevaluate everything? That's one of our Twitter questions. Um, no, I I don't think this is a game you overreact to and you you think one. I, I don't think any one game should make you react one way or the other. The same way that kicking the crap out of Boston a few weeks ago by like 30-something points, you shouldn't immediately say Thunder a contender, right? Losing to the Rockets in the same vein, you should not be saying, it's time to tank. This team's a fluke. It was fun while it lasted. So do we need to reevaluate the Thunder? No. Our mindset should not have changed because we have a 50 game sample size before tonight that tells us a lot of what we need to know about this team. Like they're a, a overperforming middle of the pack team and middle of the pack is not a slight on them. It's actually a compliment given how young they are and how inexperienced they are. Um, do we re- need to really evaluate the way the fan base is reacting on a game to game basis? Probably again, use the larger sample size. Don't let any one game sway you one way or another. If the Thunder go lose 12 games straight, yeah. Reevaluate the team. Maybe it was some magic early in the season and they're not there anymore. It was just a fun run. They're going straight to the bottom, right? Well, they can't go straight to the bottom because the Rockets and the Pistons and some of the other teams, like there's no way to actually get to the bottom at this point. But if they lost 12 straight games, definitely reevaluate. But it's two straight games. They've got the Rockets again Saturday. The Rockets will be on the second out of a back-to-back. It's in Oklahoma City. This team's going to be kind of pissed off after tonight. Um, it's fresh on their minds. 
That's probably a win. And the same way I said, don't overreact to tonight. If the Thunder beat the Rockets by 30 on Saturday, don't overreact to that either. It's the same team. They are who we think they are until we think or until we see differently on a, on a larger scale, whether it's a win streak, lose streak. Don't change your opinion. Um, second question from Twitter. When will OKC get a center to solve all the problems? Um, they've got one. He's sitting on the bench. He's 7-1. He's very, very skinny, but very, very skilled. Chet Holmgren. Again, there's there's no reason to not ride this team out as as constructed. Do I think the Thunder would make a move at the deadline if it was like a no-brainer move and they could get a guy for way less than he's worth? Yeah, it's Sam Presti running this team. He loves leverage. He loves bargain deals. If he could get OG Ananobi for marginal value, which is not going to happen, by the way, he would do it. He would definitely do it. But he's not going to go push the button, give up more assets than he needs to, um, go all in, push in chips, however you want to phrase it. He's not going to do that at the deadline. Um, if Mo Bamba is available for a second round pick in Darius Baisley, he, he might go do that. Do I think the Magic would do that deal? No. But if we're closer to the deadline and the Magic are like desperate to get off of Mo Bamba and they'll do something like that, then maybe. Maybe you get your center that way. And he could be the guy that backs up Chet or plays alongside him in certain big lineups. It'd be a lot of fun because Mo Bamba does a lot of things Chet does. He blocks shots. He can space the floor. He's long. He's lengthy. Good defender. Maybe that makes sense. But don't bank on it. Like, again, there's no con to this team playing out the season and either making the playoffs or the play-in being mediocre and getting the 10th best lottery odds or even falling a bit and getting top five lottery odds, which would be really hard to do by the way. Um, playing it out is a luxury and I think that's what they're going to do. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, going to the comments here. Little adversity never hurt anybody. Malik agreed. Um, similar to if you guys watch like NFL football or any football, really, when they play less games, like 82 is a little different. 
um, because there's so many games and it's like, you've got to have this short memory and just move on. But I think there is an element of adversity. Like in, in NFL football, you'll see like a really good team lose a game. They shouldn't. And they come out the next week and the next week and the next week. And it's like a learning moment. And while I think it's a little different in basketball, this could be a learning moment. Like Oklahoma city could come out Saturday and smack the rockets and then turn around and smack the warriors. And, and Monday, Tuesday of next week, maybe they are 500, right? Adversity is not a bad thing. And with a young team, overcoming adversity and experiences are actually pretty important. Like I'd argue the experience of playing in the play-in would be incredible for this young team. The experience of going on a losing streak perhaps here, maybe losing two or three straight and then turning around and winning four or five, that's an experience that will help this team long-term. And let's be real, the long-term is all that matters. We're going to look back on this season and no one's going to remember this Rockets loss. In two years, no one's going to look back and be like, man, remember when the Rockets lost by six or the, the Thunder lost to the Rockets by six on February 1st? No one's going to remember that. But when there's a game at some point down the road when the Thunder are good and they're playing a bad team and they're down by seven points with three minutes left and they do win the game, it's because they've been in these situations before and they've learned from their experiences. That's what matters. Uh, Luke says, last two games show how big of, a, of an impact Lou Dort has. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a guy kind of like Kenrich that like will throw that first punch. He's that guy that um, he sets the tone, really. Like this was a game where the Thunder were down bad early and the Rocket threw the first punch. Lou Dort's a guy that might combat that. So 100% agree, Luke. Um, while Lou has his ups and downs, he's got his fans and his critics, he would have been huge tonight. Uh, not enough ball movement. Kieran agreed. Um, it just, it just wasn't the, the regular Thunder team. Like all the, all the things you think about when you look at Oklahoma city, like the ball movement, they're good at defense somehow without having a center or size. It's all, it's again, it goes back to the culture stuff. Like the things that teams come in Oklahoma city or when Oklahoma city comes to town to play them on the road, um, Teams know the Thunder are going to be tough, gritty, physical. They're going to make it a competitive game. They're going to do the little things. They're going to be uh, good at moving the ball. They're going to play good D. They're going to um, play bigger than they are. Tonight they didn't. So I totally agree. It was, it was the little things that you see from the Thunder normally um, that we did not see tonight. Um, let's see. Getting a center next year when Chet is healthy. But also we have two players that run at center who also entered, uh, injured. Amen. Agreed. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the pod, JRE and Poku are not centers, frankly. Like they're more like JRE is more of a power forward. Poku's more of like a combo forward that can also play guard. But they had the size that would have been big tonight, even if they're not real centers. And so keep that in mind. Like when Poku got injured, there was real concern about this team. Like we were talking right before the start of the new year, like who's going to play center? Like is it rookie J Will? Is it Bayes? Is it Kenrich Williams? And the answer was like a little bit of all the above. You're talking 6'6", Kenrich Williams. Darius Baisley, who is actually a decent backup, like small ball five, but not a full-time five. And Jay Will, who probably, if it weren't for the injuries, would be a full-time G League guy. And those three are playing center by committee. And they went 9-5 and five in January. So they have one bad game where the center position is a clear blatant downfall in a game like tonight. It's like, yeah, it's obvious, but also what do you expect? 
They went nine and five with these guys without having a real center. Um, they never real center all year, to be honest. Uh, and Mike Muscali can throw him in the equation too. But the the last month or so, it's been a team that has no center, but also has lost a lot of their like power forward depth. So real concern, but get healthy, get Chet back. Maybe you draft a guy, maybe you trade for a guy. It's not going to be an issue long term. I mean, the Thunder really want to win. It won't be. It won't be a problem at all. Um, Kieran, another good point here. Lou stays aggressive regardless of the shots coming in or not. I don't know if that would have changed tonight's game. It would have been an interesting wrinkle. Like the Thunder were not making a lot of the shots they normally do. Um, you saw some guys look a bit timid, kind of change the things they were doing. Lou sticks to his guns, whether he's making or missing. He's going to fire. He Overall, defensively, offensively, Lou would have been huge tonight. Isaiah Joe got the start. He was pretty solid. Um, didn't start the second half. Wiggins started over him, but he also closed the game. So, again, a lot of depth, a lot of experience, a lot of opportunity. Lou Dort being out these past three games allows other guys to get that experience, which is what the season's all about. I think we lose sight of that because they've been better than expected. This season is all about development, which is why I say ride it out, enjoy the ride, and who cares what happens? It's going to be okay either way. Uh, let's get out of here, though. Moving forward, uh, upcoming schedule for the Thunder. Like I said, Rockets on Saturday. They'll be on the, the second out of back-to-back. The Thunder don't play again until they have them. So it'll be fresh on the Thunder's mind, less fresh on their mind because I think it's Atlanta they play. The night before that one, I had to double-check that one. That's, that's top of my head. But they are on the second out of a back-to-back because they play Friday. Then uh, they have the Warriors Monday. You kick off a West Coast road trip. Oklahoma City goes to Golden State Monday. They got the Lakers Tuesday. So second out of a back-to-back on a West Coast road trip. Could be the game. LeBron breaks the scoring record. Good chance if that's the game that he's projected to do it. That could be flexed into a TNT spot, NBA TV spot. Who knows? Um, but the Thunder could have a national TV or, or kind of national TV game on Tuesday if LeBron's points fall in their favor. It would be super cool to see him break that record against Oklahoma City. Uh, and then they'll have the Blazers before coming back home. Um, but between now and Saturday, the Thunder have a 24-27 record. They are 12th in the West, depending on how the dominoes fall tomorrow. They could be 13th in the West by the end of tomorrow night. Um by the time they play the Rockets Saturday, again, dominoes fall out of different directions. They could be back in like top six, seven, eight lottery odds, which again does not change my perception or my take on how to approach the rest of the season. All these teams are a few games within each other, um, but it's going to be really interesting when they play the Rockets Saturday, three games below 500, where they sit in both the Western Conference standings and in the lottery odds. Um, Good talking to you guys tonight. Uh, it was a weird game. Hope this puts some some of my perspective at least. My perspective is not the right perspective. It's just an opinion. Um, let us know your thoughts on tonight's game and your outlook moving forward. Um, try to uh, put things in perspective. Like I said, it's, it's one game out of 51. But until we talk to you guys on Saturday, I'm drunk.